0: Take your Bibles with me, Psalm chapter 37 this morning, Psalm chapter number 37. Uh, We come to one of my favorite passages of Scripture. The whole Bible speaks to us, uh, and I love the whole Bible. From cover to cover, uh, God's Word is for you and I. Yet, how many of you understand that sometimes there's a particular verse uh, or verses that become extra special blessings to us. Sometimes those verses or that verse comes in a time of need or a time of trouble, a time when we needed strength, and uh, there in our devotions was just what we needed, and it stuck with us. Those verses, they warrant our memorization. They, became, they become meditation for our soul, encouragement for our spirit, and, and honestly, they become direction for our actions. Do you have a verse or verses like that? These verses here in Psalm 37 are that to me. They encourage my spirit and they drive me to action. And if the Lord would allow me to share these verses right here a thousand times, I would do so. Uh, they're wonderful verses, packed full of truth. For you and I, as God's people, I was walking earlier this week, praying about what God would uh, have for the service this morning. And I had some things pulled up on my computer screen. I had some verses and different uh, documents, and I was hopping between them, trying to just get confirmation. And during during that prayer walk, uh, God spoke to my heart about this passage. I didn't even have this one pulled up. But he said, Steve, this is, this is what I want for Sunday morning, for anniversary Sunday, and for God's people today. Um, here we go. Six key actions to see God's blessings in our lives. Look there with me at Psalm chapter 37, verse number one. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily shalt thou be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse number seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Six key actions for God's blessings on our church and more specifically God's blessings on your life, Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege to meet this morning by way of video. We thank you for the capabilities. Thank you for uh, the opportunity that your truth is not bound just to an auditorium, but uh, Father, your truth can reach out into our living rooms. And God, I do pray wherever we're listening and however we're listening to your words this morning, that your spirit would speak to our hearts. God, we we commit our our mind to you right now. We commit our our heart to you right now. And I do pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me. I pray that he would give me the exact words that you would want, nothing more, nothing less. And God, I do pray that for each one of us, as we uh, listen this morning, that your Holy Spirit would make application to our lives. And, And Father, would you help us be better Christians for it? Thank you for these 97 years of Shawnee Baptist Church, the people of Shawnee Baptist Church. And God, I pray that the future would be brighter than ever. God, I pray that wonderful things would be in store for your people. God, I do pray that we would take these six things this morning and make application to our hearts and lives. And we'll thank and praise you for what you do in your son Jesus' precious name we ask it, amen. How would you like to know That all your needs will be met. That you will be given much of what your heart desires. That God will work out his will in your life. It would be great to know that, wouldn't it? That your righteousness and your decision making would be noticed and seen by others. Summed up that you would see God's hand and you would see God's blessings on your life. I know that sounds great for Shawnee Baptist Church, and I know that sounds wonderful for you, uh, the believer listening this morning. And by the way, it sounds good to me. I want that for my own life and for my own family. Here in our text, David gives us a set of commands, a set of principles that we can live out, a set of actions Things that will be a blessing to you and I as we put them into practice in our life. And honestly, he gives us some things that we want to see take place in our life. David is speaking this not as a young man, but as an older man who has been there. Who has done that. Who's experienced and put into practice these things that He has talked about, and you can think uh, this morning of the sum of David's life and the trials and the temptations and the difficulties uh, that David went through and uh, the trying times that David went through and the the family problems uh, that David went through and, and the battles and the time of needing to get victory and the time of needing to hear from God. And David is speaking this out of experience. We know that because there in verse number 23 of chapter 37, he says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And then in verse number 25, he says this I have been young and now am old. He said, I've been there. I'm on the other side of that road. And he goes on to say, Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Six words and thoughts that will help us today from the pen and heart of David and from the Holy Spirit of God. Look there with me in verse number one. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. The first action Uh, that David gives us is this, to fret not, to fret not. Matter of fact, he'll say that same uh, phrase two different times there in verse number seven. In the second part, he says, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. There in verse number eight, he tells us to cease from anger, but then he says, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. How many of you know what it's like to fret about something? David says, fret not thyself. The phrase means to stir up, even to stir up to to cause uh, to be angry or to get hot over. We might say it this way, don't get so worked up or don't lose your temper Specifically, David was encouraging us to not allow evil to get the best of us. Don't work yourself up over evildoers or don't uh, work yourself up to do evil. But if we were honest with ourselves, we can fret about a whole lot more than just evildoers or doing evil. You and I, we can get worked up about a whole host of things a whole different number of things uh, sometimes we, we fret about family situations, maybe because of the circumstances of our country uh, you 've begun to fret about finances, uh, fret about work, a uh, fret about what 's next, a fret about your health or a fret about your future sometimes. We fret about things that are not even true. They're, they're imaginary things, but they cause us to fret. They, cause, they bring fear and uh, they, they stir our emotions. We can't stop thinking about them. Uh, sometimes we fret over uh, what somebody might have thought or what somebody might have said or what somebody might have done. David had some things in life, as you read uh, his testimonies here, that could have built up that anger, could have built up that frustration. But David tells us, don't don't get angry over those things. Don't, Don't build up that worry. Fret not. First of all, David tells us to fret not. Look there with me now at verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. First of all, we need to stop fretting. Second of all, we need to start trusting. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. The object of your trust is vital to the outcomes of your life. Let me say that again for you this morning. I hope you caught it. The object of your trust is vital to the outcomes of your life. There's so many things that people can place their trust in. Some place their trust in the government. I'm sorry, but we're in a sad spot if our trust is solely in our political leaders. Some trust in their finances. Some trust in their health. Some trust in their personality. Some trust in their ability But we see here the object of our trust, trust in the Lord. Over 23 times in the book of Psalms, David uh, and the psalmist place an emphasis on our trust being planted, being fixed in our Lord. Trusting can be sometimes so easy and other times so difficult. I think of Abraham and Sarah in Scripture Abraham trusted the Lord to leave his hometown to go out into a country that he had never been. But at the same time, when he got there, there was a famine and his lack of trust took him to Egypt. And such is the case in our lives. We have great moments of trust and also sometimes great valleys of distrust. May we act, may one of our actions Be trust. And notice what it says there trust in the Lord and do good. There's something that follows along with it, something that goes uh, along with the trusting. We need to make sure we're doing right. But when we trust in the Lord and we do good, look at the promise so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. There is needs and blessings that are met by the Lord. For the one who has their faith, their trust in the Lord and is living righteously. Sometimes I sit there and wonder about how many things that I have missed out on because of my lack of trust at times. Because I've at times allowed my fear to compass my faith. And I hate to think about that. Uh, The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verse number five, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And that's honestly what happens in our life. We start running through the circumstance or the situation we find ourselves in and sometimes man's understanding does not match up with God's wisdom. And we choose to lean on our own understanding, which has failed me. Maybe it's failed you many times instead of leaning on the one who is always faithful. Have you heard about the elderly woman on a busy street corner who is confused and hesitant to cross because of the heavy traffic? Finally, a gentleman came up to her and asked if he could cross the street with her. Gratefully, she took his arm but grew progressively more alarmed as he zigzagged randomly across the street to the blare of horns and the screech of locked brakes. Finally, on the opposite side of the curb, she angrily exclaimed, you almost got us killed. You walk like you're blind. I am, he replied, and that's why I asked you to cross with me. Such is the case sometimes in my life I'm blind at knowing what to do and how to get across that road. Yet I have a family that I'm leading behind me. I have a spouse who's paying attention. I have children who are watching their father. I need to make sure that I'm not leaning on myself, but that I'm trusting in the Lord. David says, fret not. He says, trust. Look there with me at verse number four delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Number three, you and I must delight. It's so easy to delight in things. I'm missing sports. I delight in that. I enjoy sitting down Uh, when I get the opportunity and watching a game. We don't have that privilege uh, these days or maybe even for the next couple weeks. It's so easy to delight in a hobby or it's uh, so easy to delight in uh, things that you, you enjoy and TV and, and music. and It's so easy to delight in family. I, I delight in my family. I love my family, my wife and my kids. Uh, and maybe you have a group of things that you delight in, but who should be the object of our delight? The Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord. When is the last time that you can honestly say, you delighted in God. The word, the word delight, here in this passage, it means to be soft or uh, to be pliable. When's the last time you, you sat before the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want? Lord, what do I need to do? Lord, would you, would you speak with me? When's the last time you delighted uh, in his word? You see, if we delight in someone, we delight in their words. We delight in their words. Uh, I love listening to my wife talk. I love when we were dating and uh, those uh, letters, you, you'd open them up and you'd, you'd, you'd smell ah, a little hint of perfume and then you'd open the card and you'd read the words. We delight in, I delighted in her words. I tell you what, if we're delighting in God, we delight in his words. Psalm 1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Ah, when we delight in someone, we delight in his words, in their words. When we delight in someone, we delight in their presence. I love being around my children, maybe one of the blessings of Uh, this uh, kind of stay-at-home order is the opportunity to spend just a little bit extra time around family. We delight in our family's presence. Uh, Do we delight in God's presence? There in Isaiah chapter 58, verse number two, the Lord writes, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching To God, do you take great delight in approaching and being the presence of God in prayer? Oh, when we delight in someone, we delight in their words, we delight in their presence, we also delight in their in their commands, in in their preferences, in what they want. Psalm one nineteen, verse number thirty five: Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein I do delight. Psalm one nineteen, verse number forty seven: And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. 1 John chapter five, verse number three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Do you delight in God's word and the commands that he gives us? Isn't it a wonderful thing to be a Christian, to be little Christ's? Ah, when we delight in someone, we delight in their words and their presence and their commands. Do you delight in God? Look at the promise, delight thyself also, in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I don't know about you, that sounds like God's favor on our life. Ah, I so want God's favor on your life and on your family. We can get that by delighting in our Lord. Fret not, trust, delight, and commit. Number four, commit. Look there with me in verse number five. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. That word commit means to give in trust, to put in the hands or the power of another, to entrust or to uh, throw upon another. Now, I love giving stuff to God. I just enjoy holding on to Him while I give them to God. Have you ever been there God, it's yours. I just want to hold on to it for just, uh, just can, can you hold it and me hold it at the same time? We're like the quarterback who uh, is making that exchange to the running back and he doesn't know, he wants to give the ball up and he doesn't want to give the ball up and he's right there in the middle of the read option and we can do the same thing with God. God, I know I should give this to you, but oh. God, I know I should commit this to you, but oh. And we, we do that. Back and forth and back and forth. David says, Commit. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Give your way to him. I don't know about you, Christian, but we need to give our goals to him. We need to commit our time to him. We need to commit our family to him. Some of you have questions right now, you have difficulties that you're facing, there's a path there's a way out in front of you and you don't know what to do, I encourage you this morning, commit your way to him. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Do you know why we don't commit our life to him, why we don't commit our way to him? It goes back to number two. We don't always trust him. It says there in that passage, verse number five, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him. Jesus, while he was talking and teaching the disciples there on the mount, said it this way in Matthew chapter six. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow... Is cast in the oven, shall he not so much clothe you, O ye of little faith? Verse number 31, therefore take no thought saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. And then he sums it up in verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Commit your way unto him. He promises there he'll bring it to pass. Uh, Fret not. Trust. Delight. Commit. Number five. Rest. Rest. Now I, I don't mean taking a nap. Rest. Look there with me at verse number seven. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now, this one is so helpful to me. I struggle with quite a few things, and this is one of them. I am not very patient. Is there anybody else like that out there that's not very patient? This word in the Hebrew translates to be silent or to hold your peace. It happened this week for me and my wife. Have you ever uh, had your child uh, really worked up? Uh, I mean, they were really worked up. They, they either wanted something or they wanted uh, to, you to do something and you were going to do it. It was just gonna take some time and, and they're worked up and worked up and worked up and you say, shh. Shh. That's exactly what this word rest means. You see, sometimes you and I, we can get worked up. We can fret. We can worry or, or complain to God about the circumstance or the situation we find ourselves in. How many have come to understand God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not always our thoughts, and God's timing is not always our timing. And Sometimes you and I we need to rest and wait. Shh. Rest. God's got this. Rest and wait patiently for him. Lamentation chapter three, verses five and six tell us this. Sorry, verse number 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him, it is good that a man both hope And quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. David writes in Psalm chapter 62. Once again, remember, he was a man who is now older. He's been there. He's had to be quiet and wait on God's timing. He says in verse number one of Psalm 62, truly my soul waiteth upon God from him Cometh my salvation; he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Sometimes I need to be quiet and wait on God. Sometimes I just need to shh, Steve, and wait patiently. Some actions for us, David tells us to fret not. He tells us to trust, delight, commit, rest. And lastly, he tells us to cease, to cease. Now, if we were to take a study on God's word, and I'm sure you and I could find any number of things that would be good for us to cease or for us to stop. Uh, Pride and lust and hate, and the list goes on, and on, and on, but look what David tells us, verse number eight, cease from, what's that word? Anger. Cease from anger. David says, stop being so angry. Don't let wrath be a part of your life. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 16, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. I've heard the story, maybe you've heard, there was once a little boy who had a bad temper. His father gave him a bag of nails and told him that every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail in the back of the fence. The first day, the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence. Over the next few weeks, he learned to control his anger and the number of nails that he had to hammer into that fence greatly and gradually dwindled. He discovered it was easier to hold his temper than it was to go out and put that nail into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy did not lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and the father suggested that the boy now pull out one nail for each day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him out to that fence. He said, you've done well, my son, but I want you to look at the holes in the fence. That fence will never be the same. And that's exactly what happens when you and I exercise anger, when you and I exercise wrath. We never leave people the same afterwards. David says, cease from anger. Six words, six actions that if lived to the extent given in scripture, can make a profound difference in our lives. Fret not, commit, trust, delight, rest, and cease. Here's the truth. If you knew what was in store for the child of God who put these six things into practice, you would diligently give yourself to them today. Like the message of the song that we heard earlier by Brother Ed, if you could see beyond today, Christian, if you could see beyond today, you would fret not. You would trust in the Lord. You would delight in him. You would commit your way to him. You would rest and wait patiently on him and you would cease from anger. What a great challenge to you and I from the mouth of David. And I pray the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. In which ways can you put these six things, these six actions into practice in your life so you can see God's blessings? Now, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're tuning in and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This message was primarily for the Christian, but maybe you'd like to be a Christian Maybe you'd like to be a child of God. Maybe you'd like to know heaven would be your eternal home. God loved you so much, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. He didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. Later, he ascended into heaven to prepare a place for those who place their faith in him. He did all that because he loved you. If you don't know for sure that heaven is your eternal home, I ask you this morning to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It would be the greatest decision that you could ever make in your life. Church, thanks for tuning in this morning. 97 years of ministering to the Louisville area. What a blessing. We would be celebrating together today. We're now celebrating at home together But thank you for tuning in to the video. I pray God's words and God's spirit has been a great encouragement to you. Happy anniversary, church. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday afternoon and look forward to tuning back in together at six o'clock. God bless you.